Hello everyone and welcome back to Identity Architects, the podcast that spotlights individuals who are changing the way that data is used to deliver better customer experiences. I'm your host Ben Cicchetti and for this episode our President of North America, Lauren Wetzel, had the opportunity to sit down with Gaurav Sharol, Director of Ad Measurement at Roku, to talk all about the booming advanced TV space. Before I hand over to Lauren, just a quick reminder to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts to know when our next episode lands. But without any further delay, let's dive into their conversation. Amazing. Let's get started. All right. So for those who are first time tune in to our podcast here at InfoSum, welcome to Identity Architects. I'm Lauren Wetzel, InfoSum's president of North America. I'm extremely excited to be joined by Gaurav Sharol, director of ad measurement at Roku, a company which is absolutely on fire right now and is a super exciting time for advanced TV and CTV. So I'll get started. For anyone unfamiliar with you, can you give us a quick intro into who you are, uh, what do you do, and you know, an intro to Roku? Sounds good. It's a pleasure to be here. So Roku is America's number one streaming platform. We have about 53.6 million accounts that uh, use our devices, whether it's a TV powered by the Roku operating system or a player plugged into a TV to stream and watch content. And my role at Roku is to lead ad measurement. And that's a pretty broad charter. I guess if I had to boil it down, I say it's to prove Roku's unique value to our advertising partners. but If I unpacked it a little bit, it means we're combining our first party data, third party data, doing quantitative analyses, qualitative research to measure outcomes on campaigns, share audience insights on streaming audiences uh, with our advertisers in the marketplace, and then also um, building partnerships, launching new products, thinking of new analyses to kind of drive forward uh, measurement as well as kind of insight uh, with all of the data and advertising that we see on our platform. That's super helpful, an area that for sure has gotten much more sophisticated over time. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah. Um, There's a lot going on in the world of advanced TV. In your opinion, Gaurav, what are current challenges as well as to not be super negative? What are some possible solutions to some of those challenges, advanced TV and CTV? Yeah, it's actually pretty fresh on my mind. Uh, We just wrapped up our upfronts and spent a lot of time speaking to advertisers, agencies, kind of understanding what their pain pain points were and what their priorities are. And I guess I'd say that the two most common kind of um, challenges or or problems I hear that the, I hear that the industry is trying to solve is a better understanding of holistic reach and frequency um, and full funnel measurement. So to pick those apart a little bit and talk about possible solutions, um, a holistic understanding of reach and frequency is tough because no single channel is going to reach a full audience of streamers. And so it's more important than ever for kind of platforms, especially like ours, where, you know, streaming really brings the living room sized impression along with the digital level of precision and data available to kind of a medium that's been very hard to measure. And with the availability proliferation of new data sets like ACR data to track linear viewership, I think there's a lot that 
I'm excited that we're offering kind of uh, through our platform to advertisers to get a look at holistic reach and frequency across all of their CTV deals, not just their Roku ones, as well as linear TV coming off of our um, smart TVs, which make up about 40% of the smart TV sold in the US are Roku powered smart TV. Um, so that's one piece of it. And then we also are excited to kind of build strategic alliances with a variety of third parties. Part of our um, announcement earlier this year when we acquired Nielsen's AVA arm to get into the DAI businesses, we also are working with them to roll into the market um, holistic reach and frequency measurement, um, combining our data along with some of theirs. So that that's, that's something exciting and, and something I hope that we can work on for the buy side over the next um, uh, several quarters and years. And then full funnel measurement goes back to that idea of TV having, uh, CTV having the same kind of impression of TV, but the ability to measure it like you would digitally. And so, you you know, traditionally TV budgets, many TV budgets are brand and, and attitudinally focused. But um, when you can tie an impression to some sort of outcome, whether it's a site visit or a sale, you can do some other things that are valuable, like actually make in-flight optimizations or understand the effects of a brand campaign on driving lower funnel performance and things like that. And so that's something else that I, I still think um, advertisers are working out the model and, and platforms like Roku, we're continuing to kind of roll out new capabilities there. But um, those are kind of two big areas that I see uh, a lot of energy and effort uh, going into both at Roku and, and in the marketplace. I think even more than just being beneficial to the buy side. As you mentioned, I also just think all of those challenges that you outline in the solutions, especially when I think about frequency management, when I think of it as a consumer, you're really, really helping, which is I think my appetite for something that's more relevant, um, which has come from you know platforms and being more on my mobile phone and now translating that into a living room experience where whether it's ensuring you don't get you don't see the same ad chasing you around over and over and over again in terms of that frequency management, um, but also that you get something that's relevant and you're not taunted as I, I always joke with a Sonic ad when you're in New York City and and there's <laughs> there's no Sonic in sight. Um, so even as a consumer, I think that that that's you know a huge win for um, just just viewers and and obviously advantageous for brands and and agency partners as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think relevance, both in terms of not just the content you're watching, but the opportunities, the, the ad opportunities that, that you consume as a viewer, um, sure make for a better experience when you're not uh, seeing the same ad in every ad break. Uh, I think I, I was watching the NBA finals this year and NBA Twitter was up in arms about the M. Night Shyamalan beach movie uh, because of uh, <laughs> all, all the ads that they saw. So. It's certainly something people are talking about just as uh, in their day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my comments to myself on that movie. I'll let the critics handle that one. Um, but I, I also uh, saw those same tweets as a really uh, relevant topic. Um, I'll shift gears for a second to another major area of advertising growth is, is gaming. And so gaming's become a hot topic in advanced TV and CTV. But um, Roku's offered gaming apps on its platform for some time. So I'd love to know how you see the convergence of gaming and you know that advanced TV and CTV ecosystem that you've been talking about evolving. 
Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Gaming is obviously kind of their Madison Square Garden and it has like tournaments that sell out and uh, universities are recruiting folks for esport teams. So it's certainly um, reached levels that, you know, maybe folks didn't expect 10 years ago. As far as, you know, from the Roku perspective and the platform perspective, there's a few different ways to think about gaming. You're right. Um, there is kind of gaming apps on the TV. Um, there's also folks that use um, our, you know, 75 inch TVs to plug their consoles into mm -hmm. if they're console gamers um, and, and kind of game on, on that side. And then there's also um, the rise in kind of uh, streamers who are kind of um, sharing, the, producing their own content about uh, gaming as well as kind of professionally produced content. There's more and more uh, TV shows and kind of live live sports coverage of uh, of gaming. So it gaming is obviously um, thinking, you know, kind of like you were mentioning earlier, going back to the consumer experience, it's hard to kind of not be too interruptive with ad placements in gaming. But I think when I think about the way that uh, we at Roku on the ad, ad platform side are seeing this proliferate is through an omnichannel strategy. So OneView, which is Roku's ad platform, has a variety, variety of proprietary first party audience segments in it. And one of the more common segments is kind of understanding how to reach the audiences that are gaming, uh, not just on uh, CTV when they're consuming kind of ad supported video, but kind of om omnichannel. Um, what, like when can you reach the, those folks that are gaming with other um, on, on mobile, on display, uh, online video, whatever it is. And I think that kind of speaks to the importance of an omnichannel strategy, regardless of if you're talking about gaming or you're talking about a Netflix heavy household or a HBO prime heavy household or anyone that's watching a lot of SVOD, um, you're kind of trying to reach with the decline of linear TV, folks are spending their time, spending their leisure time doing other things. And so having data on kind of understanding who's a heavy SVOD consumer or who's a gamer so that you can reach them when you do have an ad opportunity and you can tweak that ad opportunity to kind of know when you should bid up to get those audiences that are hard to reach is where it kind of, um, where I see it in practice. But of course, we'll have to see what happens as, as this segment continues to grow. Yeah, I totally agree. And given that omni-channel environment and that offering that, you know, Roku is leading in, how does that really change, you know, the way that sort of brands are just engaging even more holistically with media owners? And I, I say this because I feel like the industry, similar to the ability to offer omni-channel, um, you know, buying opportunities, it just continued to evolve over the past few years and definitely in the terms of the roles across the advertising value chain. And so the agency, the introduction of identity vendors, the roles within brand teams um, has shifted significantly. So many brands are investing in their own data science mm -hmm. capabilities in housing their media buying. Um, so to kind of round that out for you, brands engaging with media owners, is has that changed? How do you see that playing out in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point about how that's changing. And I think what you'll hopefully see is at least for um, platforms like Roku that are not only, you know, we have media assets, um, but we also are a platform that the kind of 
like ideal setup with our brands is a, a strategic relationship, not just um, a, kind of a line item on an IO, but kind of figuring out you know how to feed our advertisers tools. And increasingly, as we kind of talked about before with um, full funnel measurement and holistic reach and frequency, um, brands and, and agencies are kind of knitting together a quilt of all of the different pieces of their um, of their media investment into figuring out their kind of broader story. And I think where we've seen a lot of success is Roku has a lot of unique data assets to offer brands. We kind of have a slice of linear TV because of the ACR data we receive from our um, consumers that are watching linear TV on it. We know what folks are streaming. So a lot of times we'll get asks um, around understanding um, not just you know frequency across linear and CTV, but also uh, consumption behavior and what is the kind of consumer's path to purchase and um, what happens in the summers among uh, uh, households with families that does viewership produce so that folks can kind of um, use, a, I think folks are using a variety of tools to triangulate to their own um, sort of truth, right? And so our goal is to really make our data available to advertisers through our platform and through through our partners so that they can kind of put it into their kaleidoscope of lenses and figure out where they want to move the needle. Um, but it does, it's not, it's not always an easy conversation. Sometimes there are challenges and, and some, some of those challenges are required, like at some level, like mechanically, it, 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 you, you can't have too many lenses. Um, it's great to triangulate, but once you get, you know, more than three data points, it gets a little harder. So I think that's something else that I'm looking forward to seeing in the industry is people figuring out which platforms and media owners to kind of really place big bets against. And we're certainly doing everything we can at Roku to make sure that uh, we're one of those uh, at the, at the fore. Yeah, I totally agree. And on the reference of data and obviously Roku does have a lot of those access points, um, which is powering some really advantageous tools for, for buyers. And then obviously, as we already talked on, you know, it's, it is driving a greater consumer experience as well. But with everyone being, you know, so hyper aware of data security and privacy, and that's sort of at the forefront right now, what do you think is the best way to address, you know, this topic and who is responsible for educating the consumer on those data security and privacy practices? Yeah, I mean, so that's something that I really love about Roku is it was born as a kind of consumer first company and it still very much is that. And so I think, you know, we take privacy very seriously as a company and we have this first party direct relationship with our consumers, which puts us in a unique position as the platform to explain to consumers how their data is being used and how to control it. Um, so as a platform with the first party consumer relationship, we're uniquely positioned both to make sure that the um, consumer understands uh, what's happening with their data, as well as um, uh, enabling advertisers to um, use that data in a way that is, uh, is, is advantageous to their campaigns, but doesn't compromise on kind of the integrity of our promise to our consumers. And do you find within Roku that you're kind of currently proactively communicating this to your customers, given that kind of consumer first mentality? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that sets up one of our devices will seize these communications pretty clearly. We have a pretty big team that kind of focus on 
on the initial setup experience. And, and this is a big piece of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I joke all the time. I live in Brooklyn and I see now billboards on the topic of privacy, thanks to Apple, thanks to many other big tech players. Um, you know, and, and I, I think Roku's done a really nice job of, of weaving that into the conversation as well and handling, um, you know, data in a responsible way while delivering better experiences. And the concept of this podcast, Identity Architects, is really, you know, about getting to know those innovators like yourself within our industry um, who are making sure that companies can still, that it's, that you can kind of have both, that you can establish those great relationships with your consumers, that you can collect that first party data, but then you can kind of make the right decisions, adopt the right technology and sort of embrace the right practices to ensure that relevancy is being driven in a privacy safe. And I would also add transparent way. Um, with that, like, what do you think makes Roku unique in that sense? So, I mean, it Roku is unique in the sense of we are uh, a platform, we have uh, media assets, and we have direct relationships with our consumers. So it's a very much kind of vertically integrated company. Um, and so that I think that just makes thing it makes it easier for us to be kind of transparent with consumers um, and then also makes it a little simpler uh, to activate. I think that's one of the reasons we've taken big bets. Um, you know, by launching uh, our own uh, the, our own streaming channel, the Roku channel, by uh, acquiring a, a DSP from DataZoo and, and, and launching OneView. So I think, you know, we'll, we're going to continue to do what we can to um, deliver value to consumers, because at the end of the day, that's um, the, the lifeblood of our ecosystem, as well as uh, ensure that advertisers are able to take advantage of how easy it is to work with Roku to buy TV like they watch TV um, kind of. I love that. And yeah, us too. We heard it from a client and we just plucked it because it just makes <laughs> so much sense. I love that. Imitation's the greatest form of flattery. Um, and I, and I totally buy that. And I think, you know, with, with all you've been investing in and focused on from a measurement perspective. I mean, that's just the holy grail for, for buyers to not just have those omni-channel opportunities. And I think that vertical structure that you referenced is really positioning you to do that. And, and obviously that investment in not just media, not just direct to consumer touch points, but also technology is critically important to that and, and definitely differentiates Roku. I'm gonna hit some quick fire questions if that's all right yeah um because it's it's all fun and games to talk about identity and data and privacy but uh i'd i'd like to get to know you a little bit better so first first and foremost what's your earliest memory of advertising so i spent a little bit of time thinking about this and i landed on i was a huge soccer fan growing up and every uh world cup my favorite soccer stars Oh man, I probably grew up like a Brazilian Ronaldo fan and then okay. became a Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo fan. But every World Cup, they would launch these ad campaigns and they were just so epic. And I remember like this was, these are the days where you'd have to like download video files and watch them in like the real player or something like that. So um, actively seeking out ads as a kid with my favorite soccer players. And that was probably the first real memory of advertising. Well, it's a perfect follow up question. Have you watched Ted Lasso at all? 
Yes, I have. And season <laughs> two is awesome. It, it is. It is good. Uh, what was your first job? So my first job in ads was on the Obama campaign as an analytics person. And I was responsible for figuring out which cable system and local broadcaster every voter in the voter file in a swing state was in. And then doing some math about figuring out if it was more efficient to buy national ads or local ads or both. Um, so I was really thrown into the thick of it out of the gate. Oh, that's awesome. Knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself when you started your career? So either in that role or, or even earlier than that? Don't stop learning and make friends with folks that are smart and stay curious. Because <laughs> I've learned just so much from the folks around me and, and I wish I had done more. What do you love about what you do right now and the industry you're in? Uh, I love that it's about human behavior. And I guess the more buzzy way to say that is it's like every day is Freakonomics. Why did people buy dog food? Why are people that stream this show going to um, take this other behavior? So that kind of aspect about uh, using quantitative skills to think about human behavior is just really intrinsically rewarding. I completely agree with that. My favorite, favorite person to follow and my favorite professor of all time is Dan Ariely, and he is um, an awesome behavioral economic uh, expert. So uh, I totally agree, and I'm a big Freakonomics fan as well. Um, on a different topic, the concept of identity here on Identity Architects, um, we're pretty obsessed with it, but what? how would you actually explain the term identity to a 10-year-old? This is a great question. Um, I think, you know, borrowing from something that once a political consultant told me um, when we were talking about the promise of like addressable TV, he looked at me with a twinkle in his eye and was like, kid, addressable has been a technology ever since the post office existed. And so I guess it would be, you know, the way I describe it to a 10 year old is like, let's say you make a friend and you want them to reach you. Like how, how, how would someone find you? And so maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to parent these days. Maybe you share an email, maybe, you know, you share an address and get a letter. I don't know how, how realistic that is, but how can people get in touch with you might be how I describe it to a 10 year old. I love that. What keeps you awake at night? Uh, figuring out the next problem. I think I, uh, some combination of that and being over caffeinated, uh, is what keeps me up. Uh, well now I have to add coffee or tea. Coffee espresso that's that's the right answer because there there was a right and a wrong <laughs> <laughs> what what gets you up in the morning or what gets you motivated in the morning uh in addition to working on the people problems and coffee i think it's working with my team i have a really i have the luxury of working with some really great folks and, and there's something about like kind of being in the trenches together uh that that it, it's not it, if it's just transactional it's not as fun and so being around a great team is definitely what drives me in the mornings yeah roku's been incredibly successful this year and all of us across all any team in any industry surviving a pandemic um and and working remotely and just working through that i think is 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 anything that's going to kind of bring any team together you know better faster stronger on the other side of it so um, even even more reason to get motivated. Um, last last question is just what did we not cover, um, or is there any kind of additional you know points that you want for our audience to kind of take away? You know, questions I didn't ask that you think are important. 
you know, relevant to identity architects, relevant to, you know, this, this coming of age of, you know, data privacy um, and, you know, this advanced TV revolution. You know, I, I used that buy TV like you watch TV line too early because that's definitely the mantra behind a lot of this. I guess maybe one other point to cover up on, I think you did such a great job asking questions. There's not a lot of uh, stones left unturned, but it's the idea of um, being curious when uh, being shared data and not hesitating on kind of asking questions. Like if someone tells you that this data was mashed using an IP address, like you, it's it's okay to just really dig in and like ask what that means um, and, and ask how it works. I think sometimes we tend to have so much ground to cover that we gloss over some of the um, basic mechanics uh, and sometimes like pulling out an example and saying like, all right, in my household, I have a TV. What happens is probably the best way to actually understand how, um, how that data gets ended up you know, gets ends up in front of a client. And I think sometimes we have so much to do that we forget to just like gut check on using, you know, examples that we understand and it feels remedial, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. I think right now translation and constant sort of clarification is so necessary just because everything's moving so incredibly fast. So I, I completely agree with you. Um, this was wonderful. Thank you. Gaurav, so much for joining and for all of the listeners for joining in on Identity Architects. Roku is just on fire and it's just so awesome to sort of watch this, um, this you know, rocket ship, if it is, um, just continue to, to grow and deliver value, not just for the brands that your team works with, but um, also for consumers. Thank you for having me. I agree. It is a rocket ship. It's really fun to be on it. And uh, I look forward to uh, catching up again soon. Awesome. Have a great one. That was awesome. Thank you, Gaurav, for joining us. Advanced TV is an incredibly exciting space right now. And throughout July and August, we've been sharing tons of content on that very subject. So head over to infosum.com and to our social channels to check that out. And remember, if you'd like to appear as a guest on Identity Architects, or if you'd like to nominate someone, drop us an email on podcasts at infosum.com. But until next time, thanks for listening.